My name is Holly Kinnean and this is Dialing In With Habitus. Carol Whiting has been running her self-titled multidisciplinary design studio for three and a half years. Before then, she had worked on a range of workplaces and within a variety of setups. During her time working in film, television and advertising, she travelled immensely and got very used to working on the go. Following this, there was a period spent working out of a home office. Recent years have seen her work alongside her team of four to five in a cosy studio space in Melbourne. Fast forward to now, and like most of us, suddenly they're all working from home. With change come challenges, but also revelations, says Carol. And while the rhythm is different, it's not necessarily better or worse. Today, we welcome Carol Whiting on Dialing In With Habitus as she shares lessons in adaptability alongside colleagues, collaborators and clients. Here's Carol. Welcome and thank you, Carol, for dialing in with Habitus. Thanks for having me. Sure. Uh, I would love to start by hearing in your own words a little bit about your journey with design so far and how you got to running your own design studio in Melbourne. Well, I started life as a, a TV producer working on television commercials and I think obviously design and visual medium was really important in that as well as telling a story in a very short amount of time. That's sort of the essence of advertising. And I think there's a lot of parallels with interior design. You're actually visually telling a story and, and being in the space gives you some insight into the story of the people that own the space. So, yeah, I did that for many, many years. And at a certain point, I was married to an architect and I was always sort of helping him in the studio. We had a home office and we helped each other out with our jobs and I would take an interest in what was going on. And at a certain point, I got sick of travelling. I was travelling quite a lot and I spent one whole Christmas in China, in the wilds of China, shooting a car commercial and realised that I was missing out on valuable time with my kids. So I thought that I just needed a reset and so I moved into the practice with my husband and helped him out. And, and then eventually that sort of all changed and I set up my own practice. And here we are. I uh, did a master's in design, but I, I actually did it in digital media design. Mm. And I did a year at fashion school years ago. And I've sort of dabbled in a lot of things, which has led me to here. Sure. And your, your studio on the website, you describe it as a multidisciplinary design studio. What are some of the areas that you uh, delve into? Oh, well, um, like I said, I, I've got a master's in digital design, media design. So I weirdly did an interior for an parts of the building in collaboration with an architect in a little house up in the country in Ruffy mm-hmm. and ended up doing way more than, than just the interior. I helped her with her marketing, I helped her build a website, strategic planning, all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. It sort of grew into this bigger thing than it, than it ever started off as. I mean, most of the business is focused on on interiors but you just never know what ancillary services you can actually contribute with when you have sort of such a mixed background. Yeah it's interesting actually because I think um, a lot of architects and design studios are offering that or or at least making available that wider circle of things that they're able to to help out clients with. Do you think I mean in this case that was obviously great for that client. Are there many um, people since then that have asked for help in more than just the interior design and interior architecture aspect? 
Not really, mm-hmm. although um, a couple of years ago I was invited to go to Ghana in West Africa for mm-hmm. six weeks and I worked for um, an advertising agency there as their creative director just as a sort of a mm-hmm. guest creative director and it was interesting because obviously it's a much smaller country than here and it's it's not as um, it's not as well funded let's say and I worked there teaching creative kids in the office how to um, generate ideas mm. and various sort of creative things mm. and but while I was there I worked on you know I did I designed a theme park and there's an architectural practice within and there was a an events organization within the advertising agency and you really just had to wear all these different hats and in six weeks, I did some incredibly interesting things that mm-hmm. were all new to me, but all really from the same basic discipline, same sort of basic premises. It's mm-hmm. all design, it's all solving problems. So that was really interesting. But yeah, the job in Ruffy is the only website that I've really put together for a client recently. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see how that changes or, or comes out as people are looking towards the different things that everyone kind of has, I guess, a hand in. Maybe yeah. moving more towards today, what did your working arrangements look like prior to COVID-19 and how has the recent weeks, um, I guess, taught you to be agile in your practice? Well, it's been really interesting, actually. Um, you know, change is really interesting because it comes with its challenges, but it also comes with its revelations. And um, we're a practice of four, five, depending on workload, and we have few consultants that we collaborate with got a regular architect that does work with us and uh, we have such a great culture and I've really noticed that being at home on my own that the girls in my office were all girls unfortunately (laughs) Um, we're all girls but we all get on really well and it's just a really lovely mix it's taken me three and a half years of running my own practice to get the mix just right and it's such a respectful and friendly and it's fun in my office and uh, I think we I really miss that sort of sideline things you know there's chit chats over cups of tea and we sort of still do that now we have a meeting every morning we meet at nine and it's not straight to work we're very much you know what did you do last night how was your weekend found any funny stories Mm. online but it's it isn't quite the same but yeah so it does make me realize and then the other thing I found that's really interesting is that you spend more time on the phone as opposed to dashing off a quick email. And in some ways, it actually encourages your relationships with your clients and suppliers and people because it's not just a quick phone call anymore while the buzz of the office is going on behind you. It's, oh, how are you managing in these times? And, you know, and it's, it gets a little bit more personal on every phone call and, and it definitely takes more time. But I feel like it's a more intimate and a a much better consolidation of your relationships. Do you think that, um, I guess, being able to speak with your clients in that more personal and more humanising, not necessarily humanising, but it's not just about the work that you're doing together, do you think that kind of enriches your understanding of who they are and then what their needs are and even, I guess, preferences are in the work that you're doing for them? Oh, totally. And I, 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 yes, absolutely. The relationships, I think the whole business is based on relationships. And that's really what you're selling. Because, you know, obviously, people come to you for your aesthetic and your the way your practice runs. But I think it really boils down at the very minutest part of it is to how you get along with your clients Mm -hmm. and how you what that relationship is between you. and, And that's how you get the repeat business. And that's how you form 
most of our, our clients we're still friends with a long time after we've ever done the job. So I think it's, yeah, relationships are the most important part of the business. Mm. And within the business as well, you're mentioning the way that you and your team get along socially. What about when you're working on projects together in the past couple of weeks and coming up to months now? How is, um, I guess, like the creativity and progressing on projects and, and things that you're working on, how has that changed or re-navigated now that we're working remotely? Well, I think the rhythm has changed now in some ways it's not really worse or better it's just a different Mm. rhythm and you get more time for reflection and more time to have individual time with each of your staff Mm. and them with each other as well I mean they have little meetings across the internet that I'm not even privy to and when you're in your quiet reflective time you really are alone now and focusing on things so in some ways that's more productive yeah, it's just a, you get bigger blocks of uninterrupted time, but you also get these, um, it's like a soup, it's reduced, you know, you get these phone calls with everybody that are very uh, one-on-one and so you're really, really focused on that, that one thing. You're not looking across the desk to see what someone else is doing while you're on the phone. So in some ways it's, um, it's more productive but it's slower and it's actually quite charming, I think. Mm. Yeah. And and what about, I guess, have you heard much from your team about how they're navigating that space of being at home as opposed to the office? How is your team adapting to being at home with, you know, friends that they live with or family that they live with 24-7 and not having, not being able to, to separate that and then come to work? We have a, um, like I said, we have our nine o'clock meeting every morning and the day does kind of get a little droopier towards the afternoon. Mm-hmm. But I think having that visual face-to-face time at nine o'clock every morning, everyone has to be dressed with their makeup on <laughs> and ready to go to work. And we don't necessarily just talk about work at the beginning of those meetings, but it does sort of set the day up. And then there's, there's often a flatmate walking in the background or someone's pet or someone's husband and, you know, I think we're all very much attuned to each other's private lives and very much sort of keeping up the level of, you know, joking around. Someone's always eating something. And I think that's important to keep it less business-like, if you like. Mm-hmm. And, and so how... not that question properly. No, I know. I think it's, yeah, it's definitely interesting to see the way that, um, you know, people are adapting and not just you know, as leaders, but also as people who work within the team, like how do we keep, I guess, that sense of routine. And like you say, a a morning meeting at 9am is a really great way to start the day. And then, you know, how do you keep on that, on that same track when you've got different distractions, like housemates, as we said, or even just like little tasks that you can do around the house that don't necessarily distract you uh, when you're in the office. I guess on that, how, how are you reaching and staying in touch with clients and collaborators and, and people like builders and contractors that you work with? Well, again, it boils down to those sort of um, phone calls, really. And instead of dashing off an email it's or sending a text, I'm finding a lot more actual pick up the phone and have a chat or have a FaceTime. And obviously on site, we're getting um, FaceTime with construction going on where we, you know, they flip the phone around and show us the detail of the handle that's being screwed onto something. And and there's a lot of that going on because we've got a couple of jobs in the final stages of construction at the moment. So there's, I think picking up the phone is something that it's much more expedient to quickly dash off an email or send a text, but somehow that's happening less and less now in this situation. 
And it's, as I said, it's consolidating your relationships, not just with your client, with everybody, really, even with your family, mm-hmm. you know, that's much more of a point of bringing my family and even the girls in the office, they feel like family at the moment. Yeah, definitely. I like the point that you said before that the rhythm has changed, but it wasn't necessarily better or worse. Do you feel like that's, is it fair to say that that's your opinion or takeaway on this as a whole, like in in the different elements of the way that we work, like connecting with each other, connecting with our clients and accessing technology and, and even things that we're specifying materials and surfaces and products and hardware. It's not necessarily a, a worse way, but it's just a different way to what we're used to. Well, it's certainly more complicated trying to <laughs> trying to look at materials and touch things and show clients things. But I've been using a lot of post bags and sending <laughs> samples back and forward. But yeah, I don't. It, it's it hasn't been as um, as kind of drastic a dynamic shift as I had expected it to be. It is different, but it isn't. It's not a tragedy, and it's not a it's not a huge negative. I don't think. Mm. You know, there are some real positive things to take out of it. You mentioned, um, so you've got a few projects that are nearing, I guess, the final stages of construction. Do you have any other work in different stages that has, um, I guess, been altered or impacted by the pandemic in any way? Yeah, we have a couple of residential jobs that are sort of not ground to a halt but certainly on a slightly different timeline um but we we've had some new inquiries in the last week looking to do um a medical center and i think that's really interesting because you know as a result of all what's going on places like that are really starting to think medical centers and ancillary health services are really starting to think about how they present to the world because it's a different environment from here going forward So we've had a workplace fit out. And again, I think people are rethinking how that's all going to be in the future because it's maybe just not going to be the same easy brief that it was for every other job beforehand. Mm. You do a lot of work in the residential space. Do you think that Mm. for new build or, you know, alts and ads as they come, people rethink, um, I guess, study spaces and, and, and study nooks within the home? For sure, for sure. I mean, we've always, we're always asked to do study nooks and, and sometimes a whole room as a study, but I think, and a lot of the time for kids who are putting desks in their rooms and things, I do think that there might be some more nuances to dig into now that, you know, this has happened once, it could happen again, and people are more likely to spend time on FaceTime or, or Zoom or whatever it is that they're using so the acoustics are going to be important. You know, I noticed with one of my staff, she has a flatmate who's on, they have to sort of time their meetings because they're both in the same environment and they can't both be talking online at the same time. And you can imagine with a family, for example, you know, they might have three or four kids. You've got to think about how that's all going to work. Uh, yeah, I'm quite interested to see how not necessarily a study, but the idea of a study nook will evolve in the next couple of years, because I think a lot of the projects that I see, or, you know, occasionally in the projects that I see, if there's a little corner or, you know, sometimes under the stairs or just little too small to do anything, but not small enough to absorb into the room that it exists in it's it's very easy to do like a little reading corner or a study nook, but it's very different if you've got a 
you know, you can sit there for five minutes and flip through a magazine or sit there while you have a phone call. But if you've got to be there for nine hours a day, there's definitely a lot more design and, and thought and ergonomics that need to go into those spaces. Absolutely. We just finished a little house for a client who lives on her own, but she works for a tech company. And it was very important to her, almost as important as the rest of the house, her work environment. And she needed a space where she could set up three computers. But what was also really important was what was behind her, because she's always on these kind of face-to-face meetings And she needed to have something interesting for for the people she's meeting with. It was important to design what was going on in the background, which is really interesting because most of us, when we design a study, we're looking at the desk and the pin board and the storage and all of that. But actually what's over your shoulder when you're on these meetings is just as important. Yeah, I definitely agree. And it's definitely something I've noticed in our own company meetings and the idea of what would I prefer the nicer outlook to be for me over my computer or for people who were Zooming me behind me. And it's just something that I didn't consider until it's it's staring at you on the screen. So I think that's quite an interesting point. I guess, um, are there other lessons and, and key takeaways that you're sort of coming to for the future and when we return to, well, if we return to normal? (laughs) <laughs> well, actually, strangely, because we have, um, we've got some work that we're doing up in Sydney with a client. We're actually doing three projects with the client at the same time in different wow. suburbs of Sydney. And most of that's been done online. And I mean, it is different, but it isn't. You know, again, we just finished a job in Brisbane and I never, ever went to site because it all happened very fast over Christmas and they they were on site in construction and they decided that they needed some help with their interiors. So it was a crazy fast um, paced turnaround. We never got to go to site. So we've sort of been in rehearsal, if you like, for this in a way. I love that. (laughs) So I don't know that, I mean, I think maybe it might encourage more clients. I often get Sydney clients saying, oh, I wish you were in Sydney. Or I had someone from London say, oh, I wish you were in London. And I I would like them to think that we could still work with them. Hmm. You know, if, you know, it's easy to get on a plane to Sydney or it used to be, but, um, you know, some of those client it could open up a whole world of new work for us if people on the other end I understand how to do it with remote you know from another place but a lot of clients are a bit nervous about it but I think maybe that will change their outlook on it from here in I love that I think that's um that's a really nice and positive way to end and I think it's it's nice and positive but it's also completely realistic and imaginable so I look forward to that and I hope that is what comes out of it (laughs) me too I hope everyone's sitting around at home thinking oh maybe I should just do a quick kitchen renovation yes (laughs) we'll all be busy after this sort of you know year after it all sort of ends Carol thank you so much for your time thank you Polly My name is Holly Kinneen, that was Dialing In with Habitus, and you can read more about architecture, design, and the creative community at habitusliving.com.au, or by following Habitus Living on Instagram. A link to both of those and more in the episode notes.